Welcome to Cases and Controversies, a Supreme Court podcast by Bloomberg Law. I'm Jordan Rubin. And I'm Kimberly Robinson. This is your first sneak peek episode of the term, which starts Monday, October 4th. Woohoo! We're recording this on Friday morning, October 1st. We just learned that Justice Kavanaugh tested positive for COVID. No word yet on how that affects the justice's planned return to the courtroom on Monday, right, Kimberly? Uh, not just yet, but the Supreme Court had already had in place, uh, you know, some plans for if an attorney who was set to argue tested positive for COVID, saying that they would just do the argument remotely. So I suspect that that's what they'll be doing with Justice Kavanaugh as well, and that um, it probably won't delay the start of the term or his, you know, ability to take part in the case, (laughs) even though uh, Patient Zero and I ran together on Wednesday. That's true. We'll tell people about what it is that you're talking about. (laughs) So Justice Kavanaugh um, has long run in um, the Capitol Challenge, which is a race where members of Congress, the judiciary, and the executive, as well as the press, um, run in a three-mile race, uh, apparently. Uh, Kavanaugh tested negative before the court's long conference on Monday, where they consider all of the cases that have been piling up, uh, then went on a nice three-mile run on Wednesday, but then tested positive uh, prior to Amy Coney Barrett's um, investiture, which is happening today on Friday, October 1st. That is the story. Well, Kimberly, we're sending you into the courtroom to see what the argument's going to be like, so we'll have you report back to us on what those COVID conditions are like there. And for listeners who are maybe new to the show or just if your brains melted over the summer, just a reminder of the setup for this term and how the podcast is run. The term's arguments usually run from October through April with two-week sessions each month. Ahead of each sitting, we'll do a deep dive preview of one of the upcoming cases like we did for the Boston Marathon bomber case last week. Then ahead of each argument week, we'll do one of these quick sneak peek episodes, giving you a peek at what'll be argued. And then after each session, we'll do another deep dive looking back on what happened. And that's the cases and controversies circle of life. (laughs) So Kimberly, as we mentioned, you're going to be in the courtroom for us this coming week under the court's new COVID protocols. Tell us about the first case that you'll be catching live in person. Well, Jordan, this is a water dispute between Mississippi and Tennessee. Because it is a dispute between the two states, it's an original jurisdiction case. So this are the cases where the Supreme Court acts like a trial court, um, sort of. The court actually appoints a special master, um, awesome name, I one day hope to be a special master, or master in general, I guess. Um, Anyway, the court appoints a special master to do the fact-finding, and then the parties file what are called exceptions to the special master's report, and that's what we have going on here. Uh, In this case, Mississippi sued Tennessee, claiming that the city of Memphis is stealing all of its groundwater. Uh, So both states are actually complaining about the special master's report, even though it largely found in favor of Tennessee. This case, like many original jurisdiction cases, has been around for a long time. The docket here goes back to 2014, but the dispute, of course, is much longer. So that is Mississippi versus Tennessee. Jordan, uh, do you want to tell us about the second case uh, on the first Monday, Wooden versus United States? 
I do. This is the latest case on the Armed Career Criminal Act. The Supreme Court nerds out there know this is a law that's always being litigated at the court. It's the federal three strikes law that punishes people convicted of gun crimes who have at least three prior violent felonies. Where it gets complicated, though, is over what counts as a violent felony. In this case, William Wooden had burglarized a series of units in a mini-storage facility one night, and the question is whether that counts as just one prior conviction or whether he gets hit for each unit. More specifically, the question is whether Wooden's prior burglaries were, quote, committed on occasions different from one another, end quote. If so, then he faces the Armed Career Criminal Act's 15-year mandatory minimum. In a brief to the justices ahead of the argument, Wooden said, quote, one night in a storage facility does not an armed career criminal make, end quote. That's Monday. And then kicking off our Tuesday is Brown versus Davenport. Jordan, uh, tell us about that one too. This case deals with the standard for granting habeas relief. Irvine Davenport was charged with murder in Michigan State Court, and he was visibly shackled during his murder trial in Michigan. Everyone agrees that was unconstitutional, which maybe sounds like that's the end of the matter, but it's not, because the prosecution argued that the violation was harmless and the state court agreed. But that's not the end of the story either. Davenport filed a habeas petition in federal court and won at the Sixth Circuit, but in siding with Davenport, the Sixth Circuit cited some confusion about the habeas standard in these situations. So Michigan prosecutors then convinced the Supreme Court to review the case to sort out that confusion and clarify the standard in these habeas cases. So that's the first case for argument on Tuesday. Kimberly, you're going to be covering Hemp Hill against New York. What's happening there? I am. Um, So keeping with the theme of criminal law is Hemp Hill versus New York. uh, But this one is actually an evidentiary case. This case concerns what the lower court described as a street fight in 2006 that resulted in the death of two-year-old bystander David Pacheco Jr., Daryl Hemphill was found guilty of murder in the second degree and sentenced to 25 years to life. The question for the justices is whether criminal defendants waive their Sixth Amendment right to confront witnesses when they, quote, open the door to certain evidence. So here we're talking about the Confrontation Clause, which uh, prohibits prosecutors from introducing what's called testimonial evidence, that is statements made under oath, unless the witness takes the stand at trial. According to the petitioners, the courts of appeal are split 3-5-3 on whether that prohibition can ever be forfeited by a defendant. Um, and that is the question for the justices. And so for the last argument of the week on Wednesday, Kimberly, you're on that one too. Tell us what's happening in this state secret case. Sure. So uh, this is United States versus Zabeda. This is one of two state secrets case that the court will hear this term. This one involves Abu Zabeda, who the government seems to admit was the first war on terror detainee who was subject to torture abroad. He's one of the so-called forever prisoners who is currently still detained at Guantanamo Bay without formal charges. Zabeda was the subject of a 2014 Senate report that concluded that he was not a member of al-Qaeda as the U.S. government originally uh, thought, but that was only after he was waterboarded at least 83 times. So the case here involves a Polish criminal investigation, which is looking into whether the Polish government allowed the U.S. to torture Zabeda on a black site located in Poland. Here, the Ninth Circuit said that the government can't deny discovery in that case uh, based on the state secrets privilege, and uh, the justices are going to see whether or not that is the case.
And so that'll do it for the first week of arguments. Kimberly, on the next episode, we'll have to get a recap from you about what it's like in the courtroom. But be safe in there and try not to get COVID from any of the justices. (laughs) Well, I I tested negative yesterday, so I'm good to go so far. That's a HIPAA violation. You can't tell me that. (laughs) Well, so Kimberly, it'll be interesting to see how the court deals with this positive test, whether Kavanaugh will be in the courtroom. But we'll hear more about that from you on next week's sneak peek. Until then, you can follow along with all the latest Supreme Court news at news.bloomberglaw.com. My name is David Schultz, and I'm here to announce On the Merits, a new podcast from Bloomberg Law that brings you everything you need to know about the biggest legal stories of the week, coupled with smart interviews and analysis on a variety of topics, such as the incoming Biden administration's judicial priorities. So I think diversity is is kind of the watchword here. We'll also keep our eyes on the Supreme Court. Now everyone is on Breyer watch. We're all watching to see when or if Justice Breyer is going to step down. You'll hear voices and perspectives from across the legal industry, including reporters and editors, attorneys, legal scholars, general counsel. But lest you think this podcast is all just news you can use, From time to time, we stumble on a court docket or legal opinion that, for whatever reason, just piques our interest. And he started this opinion, 224th of it, citing the Passchendaele battle. It's one of the largest battles of World War I. Um, That seems like a strange way to start off an opinion on corporate law. You can download On the Merits wherever you get your podcasts.